0: Big, big, big news coming our way in the Premier League over the past couple of weeks. Now, we know a lot has happened on the field with City massively closing the gap to Arsenal in the title race, Liverpool picking up some important points in pursuit of a top four finish, Chelsea still struggling to look like a Premier League club and Everton still holding out hope that they'll be a Premier League club come the end of the season. But you know what, we're going to brush all of that aside for this episode because What we are absolutely dying to discuss are certain developments that have taken place off the field. Now, if you haven't already guessed it, and honestly, you really should have from the title, we're talking about the charges levied against Manchester City by the Premier League for financial fraud. Okay, Manchester City, big, big money they've always had it they've they've spent it they've bought the best players that they could they've won the titles that they could except for the champions league which i feel still needs to be said and somehow here they are they've they've been charged by the premier league for financial misconduct for financial misrepresentation i can't say that i'm surprised i can't say that i'm not happy how do you feel and and here's the thing. I'm asking you this as someone who is born in the Roman Abramovich era.
1: Forget about Chelsea. I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to bring my club into this because um, the charges levied against them is something that I find shocking. And then this is coming from a fan, as you say, of the Roman Abramovich era. It's a difficult situation to summarize because um, the depth and detail clearly means that this is an unprecedented level of corruption right something that the uh premier league hasn't seen it could send shockwaves through throughout english football you know all of the all of the different leagues um and as with serie a for example like we saw with juventus it's with someone or one of the clubs that are right at the very top long story short you know it's pure financial misconduct alleged financial misconduct let's say of epic proportions
0: <laughs> yeah i just realized i left out the word alleged out of everything that i say which i mean I'm we're gonna okay be we're that. gonna
1: be saying that word a lot but call it whatever you want cooking the books fudging the accounts whatever you want to call it um it just makes for an amazing few months to come
0: if we really needed a new idea for an all or nothing series i mean this is this is the best way. Oh back wow.
1: Back. That, this is yeah, I know from the highs to the lows. This is going to
0: I would absolutely love I this. Know,
1: I know, I didn't even think about it. Yeah, that's that's going to be epic.
0: Okay, so let's look at it. Uh I believe you have a summary of the charges, you know. So walk us through it.
1: So, I was looking into this a few days ago and and the accusations entail that Manchester City have systematically breached Premier League's financial fair play rules, right? That's that's the main headline of the accusation. What it does go on to say...
0: And this is different from UEFA's financial fair play. Exactly,
1: rules. exactly. So so this, uh, although they are intrinsically linked, uh, they should be treated as separate because they, they are governed by separate bodies. In this case, the Premier League. Now, the accusation obviously states that Manchester City have breached the rules over 100 times. So there have been about 113... It's it's 113 or 115. Several, several media outlets are reporting this differently. Whatever it is, it's over 100 charges over the course of nine years between 2009 and 2018. So almost goes back to that timeline where it is slightly before... They established themselves as this new European superpower, right? Where they where they started that whole era of dominance. So it it it, it basically covers <laughs> Man City's entire legacy over the last decade.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was just gonna say that. Like, it's it's literally been something that they've done from day one at this point. And
1: it's and if you if you look closely into it, it's not just about the transfers that have been made or whatever. Players and managers have been paid as wages. It's it's a lot more deep rooted than that, and 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 this is what we will wait to find out over the next few months. But origins, I guess, um, th- the charges were first brought to light, and this goes back to the UEFA investigation where there was a story run by a German newspaper, essentially supported by records from a Portuguese hacker called Rio Pinto. So he basically. Had a habit of tapping into email accounts from various football clubs and agents, and he uncovered a string of conversations between agents and the club, um, basically prompting both UEFA and now the Premier League to start an investigation. Um, and some of the, some of those emails are, you know, look like blatant misconduct. So it's going to be interesting to see how far this goes. Of course, Manchester City have have. Um, vociferously denied any wrongdoing, as as they would of course, um, and we know they they have lawyers on their payroll who get paid millions and millions of pounds to be able to comb through this. In
0: lawyers who get paid more than Kevin de Bruyne,
1: exactly, exactly. So they're going to be doing a stellar job, no doubt. So it's it's going to be interesting to see uh, how this pans out.
0: Okay, now 113 charges you said let's let's go over the main ones
1: so there's a lot of these yeah I, I mean'm I'm, I'm not gonna go through all hundred of them but um they they do fall into main categories the main one is breach of financial fair play rules and incidentally by the way they don't call it fair play anymore they call it financial sustainability rules because apparently fair play had a lot of loopholes in it that clubs were trying to exploit anyway yeah, I, I, so apparently I don't know
0: what co- that was about I've
1: no idea yeah i don't know essentially clubs need to report what they earn however straightforward of a loophole that is if they don't do it then then they are in breach right um essentially the premier league in this case requires two sets of accounts from any club one one is showing the previous year's performance so financial performance essentially what you've earned as revenue and the other showing future funding so your whatever outlay on players stadium redevelopment, future revenue, sponsorship, whatever you want to call it, right? And the loophole comes when you basically inflate what you earn on previous years and hide what you spend on future right. years. So it, it basically just comes down to that. But added to this, I think Man City have gone a step further in essentially not even cooperating with the officials and not disclosing financial rec- records. So essentially hiding vital records that would have had them in breach. So, uh, you know, in in some cases, they were paying remunerations to past managers over like four years or something. One of their managers was getting paid from some sort of secret contract and offshore accounts, presumably. That that was Mancini, Um,
0: wasn't
1: it? Yeah, allegedly, again, allegedly allegedly Roberto Mancini. It is likely it will be him. I mean, it's it's so funny. I just had to laugh that, you know, only an Italian could be involved in something like this. You know, this. honestly,
0: I wanted to say it. I wasn't sure if it was appropriate to, but you have, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead with it. Now, we know this investigation has gone on for a really long time, and I think it, if I'm not mistaken, it covers, what, 2008 to 2018? 2009 to 2018, I think. It's gone on for a really long time. They've filed the charges, now, of course, they need to, you know, prove that Manchester City were doing something wrong, and Manchester City need to face, you know, whatever punishment, uh, you know, comes their way. This is a f- obviously going to be a very high-profile court case. How long do you think it'll be before we reach a uh, conclusion?
1: There's not a lot of good news there for Man City fans. I think um, if there were any fans that felt that this would be, you know, easy peasy, I, th- I, I mean, it's. Just to give you some perspective, it's taken four years for them just to gather the evidence, yeah. the full gamut of findings, right? So it's been an extensive piece of work, and I don't see it getting resolved in, say, a month or two, right? It's going to go on for much longer. Some 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 reports say up to four years, I think. Yeah, right? that that's, it's gonna... that's what I read, too, yeah, four years gone for so so that's 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 four seasons from now and and we don't even know where these clubs will be at that at that point obviously in the Premier League but then you know we don't know what what state they'll be in 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 four years time obviously Man City have all of these law firms that are on retainer as I said you know people getting paid millions of pounds to be able to scrutinize the charges to every last syllable and this is going to take a lot of time from their end as well you know like it will with the Premier League's end. I do sympathize with City fans to an extent because I know they must be upset because these shenanigans uh, they, it's nothing they to couldn't do have come it.
0: at
1: a yeah yeah exactly exactly they their supporters they love the club it couldn't and and it couldn't have come at the worst it couldn't have come at a worse time right than than this in in undoubtedly what is like a golden era for the yeah. club uh under under Guardiola so um all of this relentless pursuit of success i think is going to be overshadowed by this one dark mark over the next, uh, you know, potential four seasons. I mean, I'm
0: glad you mentioned uh, Pep Guardiola because there is one thing that we can take for certain that's going to happen out of all of this is that at the end of it, Pep Guardiola won't be the manager of Manchester City, either because his contract expires much before the club faces any punishment or two, he said he would leave the club if the officials had lied to him and there was misconduct involved.
1: Yeah, you're 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 absolutely right, and I think he'll probably take the contract route because Guardiola doesn't want to tarnish his image either. He would like to keep this fairly quiet and kind of leave under the radar when when it does end. You know, na- naturally bringing to an end his time at City, successful, very very successful time at City. But yeah, he he did. I do remember him saying that that if he if he did feel lied to, he would leave the next day. You could spin that off a million different yeah. ways. Right. Exaggeration. Unless he specifically asked them whether they were covering up their tracks and overpaying managers to actually keep their books balanced. I don't think anything they said could be, you know, interpreted as a truth or a lie, to be honest. So so he's he's. Yeah, I I don't think he'll be leaving the very next day. But
0: yeah, I actually did read like apparently there are sources at Manchester City who are not too worried about uh, the manager leaving because they feel that his contract's going to run out anyway by the time this is settled so it's it's not something that they're worried about which you know good for them i guess like silver lining if you want to call it that
1: but 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 spare a thought for Erling Haaland right i mean the guy guy joins the club this year uh, you know uh, presumably on like a massive contract right up to a million pounds a week or something with with bonuses which he's probably fulfilled like smashing in 20 goals a season already um so and and he you know i can't help but think that the million pounds a week they're paying him is part of the problem
0: definitely now here's the thing We've, we've we've spoken all about these charges so far you know no matter how how briefly we've done it i think one thing that you and I and pretty much every other football fan today is interested in are the possible punishments, which always a great topic because everyone's had it against a city and their relentless spending. Let's... And success, to be honest. I mean, yeah, like, like the, it's bought success. That's, that's great. That's good for them. But like, I, I think it's safe to say that every other fan hates the fact that they can just throw money at a problem, fix it, and actually be successful, which... I know it's very hard to do especially if you look at a club like Manchester United who have also spent a lot of money but haven't had any success. But yeah, let's let's look at the possible punishments now. All of this is just speculation, right? This is this is people on social media, ex-players, pundits, people who've work in like the sports law area who've sort of been spitting all of this out on like Twitter and you know whatever other social media it is that they use. The most common punishments that come up are you know, you've got these sort of softer punishments, which are like financial penalties. Like, oh, you're just going to be fined, you know, a certain amount for, uh, you know, the, the, the fraud that you've effectively uh, orchestrated. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and, that's, and that's super cheap for the people who own no, Manchester City, of right? Of course, yeah, right. absolutely.
0: You, you, you've spent a billion dollars on the club, you know, players and whatnot. I mean like about 50 million pound fine that's that's really nothing so
1: that's nothing and they won't even need to fudge the books to do that so I mean I
0: am fairly certain they still will <laughs> uh, allegedly
1: uh, yeah exactly
0: doesn't even yeah. it doesn't even make sense in that sentence but I'm still going to say it but yeah I mean financial penalties that's one of it uh, a points deduction for the current season which I feel like city fans would be okay with I feel like arsenal fans would be okay with <laughs> Arsenal will be over the moon, you know, for this,
1: yeah, points deduction thing.
0: Another thing that's been brought up is, you know, getting like a, a transfer ban for uh, like a season or two, which, I mean, sure, they've they've got a second, second string team that is better than like 50% of the Premier League so far. I can't imagine uh, any sort of a transfer ban really having an impact on their team. I'm not happy with any of these. Like, I don't think it really does anything. It doesn't, it doesn't stop the club from continuing to do this. When you look at the other clubs that, you know, have big money in the league, they might look at this and go, well, I mean, if, if, the, if the penalty for this is so small, we should probably be doing it too. Which is why I'm more keen on some of the harsher punishments. And, and this is actually where I want to see, you know, how you feel about them. Because I've spoken to, you know, friends who are lifelong football fans, not Manchester City fans. But, you know, football fans, nonetheless, people on social media, people on Twitter, people on Reddit. And the opinion on these harsher charges that I'm just going to mention, it seems pretty evenly split. Some are for it, some are against it. So right here, right now, it's you and me. Let's see where we stand, all right? The first yeah. one is suspension from the Premier League for, you know, however long. So so let's just say that they're going to be removed from the premier league for like the next four or five seasons oh you
1: think you think it's going to be that long i mean i was i was thinking like more a season or two at the max but but effectively yeah i get your point right suspension basically i mean they're not going to be thrown out of the league altogether but it's going to mean effectively a relegation right so they're going to be plying their trade this this is where it kind of gets
0: interesting because i've seen a lot of outlets report not just relegation but sort of like demotion down the football pyramid. So we're talking all the way to like league two.
1: That 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 could be catastrophic. I mean obviously the fact that Erling Haaland will hit 350 goals a season yeah. will be will be a sight to see. But of of all the punishments, of all the harsh punishments that I've seen online over the past few days, I think that one seems like the most likely to me at least. Um, because it's a clear Demotion with no um, impact to other clubs or any financial situation involving qualification for a certain tournament like the Champions League and
0: so on. So if if that were to happen, I mean, of course, you're not a Manchester City supporter, so you'd be okay with that. But you think that is fair punishment? I think it's still a stretch. I
1: think that the Premier League would carefully consider... Taking them out of the league, um, which is why I feel like if there was a demotion at hand, i think it'd be for one season.
0: I don't think one season will actually do much for Manchester City, to be honest. Because look, I, I don't, I know that when you go, when you drop down into the champ, into the championship, a lot of different financial regulations come into play. Stuff that doesn't exist in the Premier League, like you have to operate at within a certain. Level, So I'm not sure if they can hold on to the likes of Kevin De Bruyne, Bernardo Silva, all of these people in the championship. But if they can hold on to these players for just one year, I mean, they're going to be back in the Premier League in no time. And even then, like the moment they come back in, they're going to be, you know, without a doubt, the biggest threat in the Premier League again.
1: A demotion does impact other teams in the league because you would have effectively four teams getting relegated from the Premier League, including Manchester City. Now, how would they accommodate for four relegation-threatened clubs in the championship? Because the championship hosts 24, You right? push four up. Again, that then messes with the rules of promotion. It messes with the rules of relegation as well from the Premier League because then that, that would effectively mean that the club that was placed 17th would argue saying, or rather the club that was placed 18th would argue saying, push Manchester, push Manchester City down, we're not going down because then you maintain the 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 whole league pyramid and we stay up which right. which but, which but gets even do, more complicated.
0: What do you do if 18 and 19 are level on points and the only thing that separates them in is goal difference? Then that's, you know. Yeah, a yeah bit exactly. And, for and whoever finishes 19th.
1: Yeah, and my point is it just gets harder and harder for the Premier League to decide. It's a it's a complicated issue. Demotion is one aspect, right? The other one, which is the one I feel both of us are more interested in, what happens to all of that success they've accumulated along the way, right? Is there a chance that they would be stripped of their, to their credit, hard-earned titles? Because again, the manager and the players have nothing to do with this. They've gone out and won games and won titles as as they're supposed to. Do you think that is fair for them to be stripped off? And I was doing the math on this. Six Premier League titles, six Carabao Cups, two FA Cups, and three Charity Shields. I mean, nobody gives a shit about the Charity Shields, but the rest, you know, that those are still 10 major British domestic honours.
0: Honestly, I'm I, very mixed. I, I swing from being in favour to not being in favour of it. And And when I say not being in favour of it, I don't mean they get to keep the titles. The biggest issue with stripping someone of their title is who gets it next. Now, as a Liverpool supporter, I would love for Liverpool to get it for, you know, which was it, the 13-14 season. Now, there's there's this huge question mark of what is going to happen, you know, from the 2018-2019 season onwards up until today. Because, I mean, just because the investigation ended there doesn't mean that Manchester City have just stopped, you know, with whatever they've been doing behind the scenes. Like, for all we know, it's continued into recent seasons as well. It's It's... It's hard to imagine a situation where that hasn't been the case. So, if they are being stripped of titles, should it even be the ones that have happened after 2018, after the investigation? Is, is that going to be taken into account? Now, as a Liverpool supporter, if it's just up until 2018, that means another title, right? At which point we're saying that Brendan Rogers has the same number of Premier League titles as Jurgen Klopp. And once and for all, we can, you know, say that the Steven Gerrard slip never happened, which is, you know, great. That's good for us. But then there's this other other thing that I have issue with, you know. When you look at a lot of other sports, when you look at the Olympics, when you look at tennis, when you look at cycling, when you look at, well, I mean, any any other sport, if the contestants or the players or whatever you want to refer to them as, if they are caught doing something illegal, which in a lot of cases is doping, you know, taking performance-enhancing drugs and all of those things, they're stripped of their titles. Can you really say that that applies to this situation in, in, in a team sport like football, though? Because you can you can strip them of their titles, but it had nothing to do with the players. Exactly. I mean, you really it, it, can't... it
1: takes it even a step further, right? Because there, the, the cyclist in question injected whatever it was into his own body, right? To enhance his performance, knowingly. Knowingly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And And in this case... Th- not only did they not know anything about the um, financial misconduct, they didn't even contribute to it. I mean, they were doing their job as per their contracts, as per their competitive edge in them, and 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 all of that. The way I look at it, let's face it, it's 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 not an easy issue to deal with, primarily because in this sporting context, I think neither in at least in my opinion, you might call it biased, but neither Man United or Liverpool deserved the title that season. And I only say that because if they did, they'd be champions, right? Even if you were level on points, obviously you didn't do enough to go ahead of the team that finished first. Now, people might argue, right, those players on inflated wages shouldn't have even played for Man City because they couldn't have been signed. Fair enough. Yeah.
0: I mean I think I think that's a I think that's a legitimate argument to make because like if if, if you want to take the angle that you know you, you just because you finished second you didn't deserve to win you also have to take into account the fact that the team that came first could only do so because they could sign the really good players as a result of their financial creativity, absolutely absolutely i
1: think i think that that is an absolutely fair point and i think we could argue till the end of days as to who deserves that, uh, who deserves that title. But let's, you know, look at it another way, right? It which which makes it even trickier, to be honest. If you if you think about it, um, the clubs that finished second or the clubs that finished below Man City that season, especially let's take the example of the club that finished fifth, right? Because they deserve to then be in the Champions League if Man City are stripped of their title, they are no longer champions. First of all, do you put them second, right? Because you can't put them second because, again, they they then got benefit from being in next year's Champions League and the revenue that comes with it, right? So effectively, you'd have to put them in twen- uh, in 17th place, right? So they don't get relegated, but they're still in the league, right? That's what, where they'd theoretically be placed, which would mean the fifth place team would go into the Champions League, right? Uh, The team that finished fifth. And the Premier League would then need to effectively resolve all reparations to that club whatever that, whichever that club was
0: but I see here's where I sort of disagree with you because I don't think it needs to be something that that's complex like you don't really need to rearrange the table just because Manchester City are being stripped of the title they can just say that yeah Manchester City finished first but the team that finished second they're the champions because of Manchester City's financial misconduct. You don't have to, you don't have to rearrange the table. And it's, it's like, it's like looking at this another way, right? Like one of what, this was one of the ideas that was floated by, I don't even remember who the pundit was on Twitter, but you essentially uh, apply a points deduction to Manchester City, see where they stand in each of those seasons after the points deduction. If at the end of the season, they're, lead at the top of the table was high enough that even with the points deduction, they finished first, and they keep, get to keep the title. If it wasn't, then it goes to second place teams. I don't think it needs to be a case of rearranging the but table. But that's the thing. I'm, I'm not
1: proposing that the Premier League rearrange the table, but think about the club that finished fifth. Okay, let's, let's just for argument's sake say that was Spurs, right? Spurs are obviously going to launch a case against the Premier League saying, we want we should have been in the Champions League, so you pay us whatever added revenue that comes per season. Every single season, we've not been in the, in the Champions League since then, because they're going to argue saying, hey, we could have been in the Champions League in 2014. We are fairly confident that we would have stayed in the Champions League since 2014, so any seasons that we've not been in the Champions League, you pay us that revenue. Now, I yeah, we're not talking about rearranging the table here because nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to make it complicated. But clubs will look for any edge to get back at the Premier League if it involves
0: revenue. But that's just the thing, though, right? Like that's that's speculation. They could just
1: as like, e- yeah, but they could just as easily do that. I mean, the, the litigation is litigation, right? If a club launches a lawsuit, the Premier League will have to spend resources, money, and time trying to settle
0: that. The you know, like I get what you're saying. But one of the fundamental reasons that I don't agree with is because this whole uh, scenario of oh we finished fifth, we could have finished fourth, we could have finished fourth if it wasn't for uh, you know Manchester City doing this, uh, you know relegation club saying oh we wouldn't have been relegated if it wasn't for Manchester City doing this. The reason I don't agree with it is because each of those teams have played the other nineteen teams twice, and that is where they ended up. in 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 the bigger picture their results against Manchester City that season are small because they had a bunch of other games to actually have an impact on their season. Now, yeah, if if it's a question of one win or one loss that could have gotten you, uh, you know, like Premier League, uh, co- sorry, Champions League qualification or, you know, you survive relegation or whatever it is, it's still too much of an assumption to make that that would have happened if City hadn't you know, been in this situation. And and that's one of the reasons why I'm not for it. Now, I know that we've gone on about this for a long time, but I just wanted to hear what you thought about this one final potential solution, let's call it that. You strip them of their titles, but you don't give it to anyone. You just say that the title was vacated. You you acknowledge that City finished, uh, you know, first in, let's say, the 2012-2013 the, uh, season. I don't know if they did. I'm just spitting out a year here you say that yeah league table finished like this city finished first in this season but they are they are not champions I, there I, are no think, champions it's been that vacated.
1: that sounds like a fair solution in my opinion i was just going to say you basically null and void the title for all of those years right and Pretty that much. that's yeah. that's the easiest solution because nobody nobody wins in this case which is everybody wins right so city city don't get yeah. a title yeah. second place stays second place which would have stayed without a title anyway and exactly. yeah possibly a minimal amount of litigation I guess right and complaints from from clubs I I will say one thing before we move on though from a from a very you know obviously you mentioned the Gerard slip I was I was thinking about this from a purely fan perspective from a poetic fan perspective I think stripping Manchester City of certain titles you know in general we as fans would have lost one of the greatest in my opinion one of the greatest Premier League moments we have ever seen right or even in footballing history i mean the famous 93 minutes
0: Aguero would have exactly never happened. 93 minutes 26 seconds Aguero. it's sad it's really sad i'm happy but it's sad anyway moving on now we've we've discussed all of these possible punishments we've sort of delved into it what is the premier league most likely to do which of these are realistic enough to happen.
1: Being brutally honest, I think the amount of litigation, as we mentioned, between now and when this is resolved, uh, it's just too complex, man. I mean, it's really hard to say where Man City will end up on on that scale of guilt, if you will. I was thinking a couple of things to bear in mind, though. I mean, before we think about what's most realistic, when City were fighting UEFA, right, a few years ago, and they and they lost that, and then they went to the court of arbitration and kind of uh, won won that appeal. Essentially, they got a two-year European ban, and then they got some they got a fine and whatever. They couldn't register players or whatever. Um, The reason they won that appeal at CAS was because the statute of limitations that UEFA had set only allowed them to investigate until 2015 or something like that. And that had essentially run out, right? So So they had a limitation or a technicality there that they got away with. The Premier League has no such obligation or no such limitations. They can go as far as they want and investigate them far before Sheikh Mansour even came into the picture
0: right so mainly because it's the premier league and not the fa exactly exactly
1: They're, they 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 can do whatever they want so yeah that that obviously means that any number of punishments are on the table at least in my view right, right? So, they, so it's it's really hard to pick the second thing i noticed was charges are made great right they they they're all there but they're just charges at this point when the trial actually takes place the, it's going to be up to both sets of lawyers to actually argue whether these were administrative errors which i'm sure city will do versus blatant financial misconduct right which the premier league will do depending on how many are classed as errors and how many is classed as misconduct. I think that's where the scale of punishment will lie, right? Between the ones we've discussed. So that's, I guess, uh, something really crucial to keep in mind. And and the other thing I was thinking about was this whole trial. The whole trial is going to be sealed. It's going to be behind closed doors. Now, generally, I don't know how things work in the US, but I've usually seen that high-profile cases have a fevering amount of you know, access to the public. And so you always get to know what's happening every single day, right? We saw with the with the whole Johnny Depp case, like people people were literally overflowing with comments on Twitter even before stuff happened. It's good that this case is sealed because it could lead to massive protests all over the country, right? It, especially depending on how the verdict goes for other supporters. And maybe City's lawyers demanded that it be sealed for that very reason because they don't want to tarnish the image of the club or spark off any other bullshit that happens across the country so in that regard i think we'll know when we know right when a when a decision comes out that will be it like there's no point in speculating so it's but yeah okay sorry yeah yeah i i went off on a tangent there but getting getting back to the punishments i think likelihood for me would be if i really had to pick it would be fine points deduction and a single season expulsion from the premier league the null and voiding of titles, I think, is a bit far fetched. I think that it's just too much hassle for the Premier League, in my opinion.
0: It's funny because I'm in favor of points deduction, not for the current season. Like, here's the thing I feel like if they are relegated, right, then I feel like it should be a case of okay, you're relegated and you have a points deduction. But if for whatever reason, then they're not relegated and they're still in the Premier League, then they should have a points deduction for a fixed number of years. every Yeah, year.
1: that's fair. That's fair. I mean, obviously not not indefinitely, but at least for...
0: No, not not, indef- not indefinitely, but like maybe like for three seasons yeah. or five yeah. seasons fair or whatever enough. the case fair is. Fair enough. I'm also in favor of a a, a multi-year transfer ban. Because, I mean, let's face it, Like the, the crux of a lot of the arguments are Manchester City were able to win their success because they could sign the best players, and they could sign the best players because of their financial misconduct. So I think a transfer ban for a fixed number of years, in addition to what I've already mentioned, is fitting. Stripping them of past titles, it's, it's a dream. I don't think it'll happen. I, I don't know if the Premier League honestly has the guts to do something like that, but I guess time will tell.
1: If it does, it'll it'll probably go down the voiding route. I don't think they will start awarding titles to competitors because that just, just makes it even murkier, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I guess so. Be- you know, before we end this episode, there is one final thing that I wanted to discuss, and uh, it's more to do with recent developments in the other half of Manchester, actually. I want to spend a little bit of our time talking about Manchester United, mainly because... Uh, bids have officially been submitted to the glazer family to purchase the club the two the two biggest bids are you know jim ratcliffe british billionaire the other one is from the i honestly don't know it's the qatari royal family it's it's you know another investment fund whether it's the same investment fund that has anything to do with psg i don't know but there is a bid from qatar for Manchester United. So if that bid is accepted, then we're going to have further debate on ultra wealthy nations pretty much buying up Premier League clubs. We already have Manchester City, we already have Newcastle, soon to be we might have uh, a Qatari-led Manchester United. They're going to be looking at this whole situation, and Newcastle as well, thinking, okay, we need to see how this pans out, because if it's not a big deal, then we could just do similar stuff and get away with it. If they see that Manchester City are actually facing punishment, then yeah, maybe they'd be a bit more restrained. I don't expect them to not spend money, but maybe they'd be a bit more restrained in how they go about conducting their business. So either way, however this uh, whole Manchester City uh, fiasco proceeds, it's, it, it is going to have some impact on a couple of other big money Premier League teams.
1: Yeah, I think I think you're right. the 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 Jim Ratcliffe bid I think is pretty much equivalent to the Todd Bowley one with Chelsea, right? I mean, it's something that's that's considered a bit unlike the Qatari one. I mean, for for obvious reasons, obviously, you know that that you've already mentioned um, the bid from Qatar. I think it's worth mentioning. It's come from the Qatar Investment Bank, right? And even though they say that they are completely separate from the Qatari sta- state or the or, or the royal family, they they are inextricably linked. Right? It, 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 you may not see the links, but there definitely will be. Just like we saw with the Saudi royal family and PIF when they took over Newcastle, there will be links. It's 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 just not on paper. Um, and it and I think I did hear that the the the, the chairman of QIB, so Sheikh Al Tani, I think his name is, he is um, the son-in-law of the former prime minister of Qatar. So, you know, it it doesn't take a genius to figure out that there are going to be close links to the organization that hosted the World Cup and so on, right? Um, And with that, obviously, comes the fact that investors in the Middle East, you know, unlimited oil money, they they almost make this into a recreational sport of sorts, right? Uh, Owning... Owning a European football club is like a badge of honor for them these days. Yeah. Um, it's just that easy. So, especially in Britain, uh, because of the, the 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 age of the clubs and the tradition of having the Premier League and the football first division, I think they have to become custodians of these British institutions, if you will, right? Yeah. And I don't know if in- investors from the Middle East really see it that way. Uh, they, they, and, and 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 that's where Man United supporters and maybe even the board—I don't know if the Glazers really care—but you know, they they should be really careful before vetting and approving of a deal like this.
0: And you know, that's just the thing. Like uh, a week or so ago, there was in fact a joint statement by the Liverpool, like official Liverpool supporters group and the Manchester United supporters group that, essentially, saying what you just said that. You know, football in the UK is a, a massive institution and probably, you know, like it, it's definitely up there as one of the biggest exports of the UK, you know, in terms of entertainment and culture and all of those things. The values of those club and what it means to the people of, you know, England and what it means to the culture and history of the country. How 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 seriously that's going to be taken by, you know, the owners when they are selling to potential parties? I don't know. Uh, it will definitely be interesting to see as time goes on. Because
1: I mean, don't get me wrong; it's a substantial bid. It is somewhere in the region of five billion dollars, which is yeah, it's not yeah, small. which is even higher than what Todd Bowley play, paid for Chelsea, and we thought that was a landmark deal. Yeah. What's What's more, I, I think what's more beyond that is the fact that it's going to be 100 percent ownership at least for the Qatari bid. And it's going to be completely debt-free. So whatever the Glazers have fucked up in Man United is going to be completely wiped clean in... Clean slate. Exactly, clean slate. And 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 that, I think, is very, very, very attractive uh, and therefore should be considered very, very carefully. Now, obviously, the Sheik, who's buying them out, has, has said stuff like, oh, I'm a Man United fan and blah and blah and blah, and I've, I want to restore the club to its former glory or whatever. Yes, all of that's good as a publicity stunt, but that's that that's maybe all it is, right? He may be a fan, I don't know, but that's all it is. It stops there. It it needs to be properly financially vetted for you know, for the long-term sustainability and precisely for the reason we're discussing this episode today, right? You you need to make sure who you're investing in is are are, are people who will actually carry forward in a in a sustainable and ethical way.
0: Yeah, I guess all we've got to do is wait, and uh, I'm sure as that story develops, we're going to have an episode focusing on uh, the the sale of Manchester United and the new owners, whoever they are, and that's something for everyone to look out for in the future. As for this episode, I think, uh, yeah, we're, we've covered everything we wanted to. As you can tell, we, we've done a lot of research, at least I think we have, and we've come up to conclusions that we know aren't really going to hold muster to anything. So, Manchester City, time will tell. Manchester United, time will tell. It's, a, it's, it's, an, it's an interesting time to be in Manchester, I guess. Anyway, that's it for us uh, for this episode. We hope you enjoyed, and we hope you'll tune in for future episodes as well. Uh, we're available on all uh, social major social media platforms, your Twitter, your Instagram, and honestly, that's about it. We're not really tech-savvy social media-forward people. As for the episodes, you can find them on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, if that's still a thing, Pocket Casts, Overcasts, all of the fun stuff. Share how you feel about the episode. If you want to tweet us, DM us, go ahead. We'd be happy to hear from you. If you like what we're doing, share it with your friends. Tell people about us. That's it for now. See you next time.